Achievement unlocked. Two players and a podcast now loading. Dreamers and Flam family, this is Two Peas in a Pod, brought to you by General Andrews and Flippity Flam. And we are sponsored by the 8-Bit Dojo and ESN, where we aim to be selfless, not selfish. Also today with us, our guest, Dr. McClive, will be joining. This is episode 38 of season 3. Does fear motivate? Oh, <laughs> welcome on back, listeners, and you know what? Hello there, Flippity Flam. General Andrews, always good to hear your beautiful voice. You know who also has a resonant and very beautiful voice oh, that's joining us today? Oh, please tell me. Please tell me. Oh, there he was. The doctor so kind. is in. Look at him. Hear you, do you hear that stuff? Oh, my God. Okay. Yes, look at me. Look, look at, at me him. <laughs> <laughs> it's so wonderful to be here, fellas, for number three. Right? Number three. That's And you could tell there's a lot more of that relaxed opening. It doesn't have to be as strong and strict as before, but... Welcome on back, Dr. Mick. We are glad to have you. It is my pleasure, gentlemen. You make our job I, I, yeah. easy. We, we just sit back and listen to you, and we're like, yep, yep, keep telling us a little bit mm-hmm. more. Yeah, Wait. it's, it's great. Wait. Yeah, every, every time I get that Discord message from you about coming on the podcast, I always think <laughs> to myself, all right, I guess I'm going to have to do work for another hour and a half. When I talk <laughs> yeah. yeah, all I got to do is hit record and then be present. Like, that's and you mean. just talk and we'll just be here like, yeah. yes absolutely and we'll and we'll put our names on the podcast yeah, exactly this is my, right this is my this is my slow takeover of, of two peas in a pod yep like, oh, come on now listen thing on right there yeah huh no it's it's so good though because literally like i remember when i first first was having you on had x amount of questions and how those questions get less but the episodes don't get shorter no they don't so, uh, th- th- what's really cool you know again it's just the simple fact of those kind of things like okay i'm prepared here but you i didn't know that that question would lead to that much information that's that's amazing and i'm, I'm over here soaking up as a sponge you know trying to pull myself back into the the vibe of wait i need to ask <laughs> make some more points on these things my god and here so, i am worried i'm just blabbing on and on not saying much of anything good to know that you're enthralled by it <laughs> All right, but you know what we're going to get enthralled by more than likely here is a topic I think is important, and we'll, there's going to be a reason why we're bringing up this topic, but I think it's important to, at least to get some basis because you are a professional in understanding the mind at least a little bit better than either of us, so to speak, that uh, we want to talk about is, is fear a motivating factor for humankind? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> y- yes. Okay. Uh, okay. What would? How would you give us a good example? That, oh yes, man! All right. So I gotta, I gotta gather myself here. Because yeah, take your the... time because movies paint it much differently. You know, narratives of mm-hmm. you know um, social media stuff paint it much differently. But I want to hear the real. You know what I mean? Actual things. And I figure you would have a poignant way of putting it across instead of me just accepting what I see on a, a horror movie. Well, sure. Okay. So hot off Halloween. I like it. I see what you're doing here. You see? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and hot on Thanksgiving where everybody mm-hmm. has to go home and see their families. I see what you're doing yeah. here. Just, yeah. All right. Yeah. You're, you're getting so, it. You're, okay. You're vibing. All right. I'm vibing. Yep. I'm, I'm picking up what you guys are putting down. Thank you. So, <laughs> thank you. All right. So I, I think, God, there's so many lanes with this. And I'm going to start with, I'll start with some context. 
on okay. why I think fear is something that grabs so much, so many of us, and why it is still something that we see as a primary motivator or deterrent for a lot of people in mm -hmm. life, even here in 2021. A lot of people, now that we live in 2021, conveniently forget that not too long ago, relative to the history of the Earth, we were basically monkeys, right? Yeah. And then right. we turned into Neanderthals and all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm, well, yes. we didn't have all the wonderful, fabulous accoutrements of modern day living back then. And <laughs> True. we were generally in danger most of the time. Yeah. And so if you go way back evolutionarily, there was a period in time where literally anything that you didn't understand, couldn't see, or were confused by could legitimately end your life. So fear is this primal emotional experience, physiological experience really that we now call emotion that would developed to protect us mm -hmm. from risk. And the more nuanced version of that in modern times now is anxiety mm -hmm. because we have evolved. We're just, you know, we're still, we're nowhere near caught up with technology, but fear is a primal emotion that grabs us and it pushes us to do or not do something in a way that sometimes we don't even feel like we have a sense of control over. So fear is by definition in some ways a motivating factor because it's an attempt by your brain to send a message to you, however you want to define that, mm -hmm. that you are in potential danger or are in not even potential danger, are in legitimate danger and we need to survive. So it's a motivating factor in maintaining one's ability to stay alive and reproduce if you want to look at it from an evolutionary standpoint. So I think if you want, if you lay that context out and then you fast forward to 2021, where not everybody in the world, but like, you know, thinking about like the United States, certainly the mm -hmm. three of us, mm -hmm. generally our needs are met, like our basic needs are met. Yeah. I, have a, yes. I have a roof over my head right now. I ate a I ate a bowl of flaming Hot Cheetos before we started this podcast. Ooh. I've got a glass of water next to me. I'm generally safe, right? Like I have locked yeah. doors. Well, our brain then, you know, doesn't understand that fully from a primal sense. So anytime we're presented with something, that we still don't understand and that we equate with having stakes with it, we might generate, our brain might still generate a fear response because it does not differentiate the environment and the context in the same way that our prefrontal cortex does. Ooh, that's so good, okay. So that's why we see fear everywhere. You can use fear to move people in certain directions, particularly if you're careful with how you wield the means to create fear for people. So it's a uh, it's a powerful reactionary force, but it's also one that if people puppeteer it properly, you can get people to react a certain way that you want them to. And that's where fear becomes scary as a motivator, as opposed to uh, just something you we understand. Uh, right, almost like a propagandized way of utilizing it. Well, sure. I mean, I... I... <sighs> The, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go lukewarm on this. I'm not gonna go super hot take here. Okay, okay, yeah, this no, is, this is not a, this is not a political podcast. This is an explicit podcast, podcast so um, you have the free reign to, to speak, but you know, go ahead. Well, so just to use a very basic example, yeah. uh, when you see certain groups of people and their attitudes toward migrant workers. Immigrants. Generally, the message that you will hear from certain groups to polarize those groups against folks that are just trying to make a living here is that they're taking our jobs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So 
that's something that will absolutely instill fear in a person because if right. resources are scarce, if you're somebody who is not really able to accumulate resources so much as just have enough resources to make ends meet, and you are a expendable in like an expendable role, well, now all of a sudden, capitalism at its finest, you have somebody who just comes in and maybe is willing to work cheaper that threatens your job. Well, now I don't know where my next meal is going to come from. I don't know how to provide for my family. Now I'm afraid, and it orients me toward doing something. And so that's where we start to see people fight out against immigrants. It's where we see people in power legislate against. It's all part of how do you how do you use fear to create a certain narrative for folks that really is not easy to just pull yourself away from. Like once you get people afraid of something, if you look at it in terms of the bio, like the actual physiological process that happens back in those evolutionary days, as soon as you have a fear response and your amygdala fires, your prefrontal cortex goes offline, so you're not really capable of logistical thought anymore in the way that you mm -hmm. were five seconds ago before that happened. So if you keep people on a chronic sense of fear about something, you are essentially overriding their logical processing. So that's where we see people polarize and basically do everything they can to ensure that they are not afraid anymore. So they create cognitive boxes, they make certain behavioral decisions, they vote certain people into power, all the ways, all of that is just fear mitigation. So if you wanna go back to the general gist of the question that you asked about mm -hmm. fear being mm -hmm. a motivating force, 100%. Okay. People, people tend to, they vote in ways that try to mitigate whatever fears they might have about themselves or people they care about. It uh, moves people to make certain decisions about employment. I mean, you name it, fear is absolutely something that can motivate people to do things whether they want it to or not. I'm glad that you had were so poignant with that because it also takes me to a uh, piece of your content recently that you've been putting around out there that I think is a really good piece out there. It was in regards to more than likely children and maybe as they get older, having their a stuffed animal that became a friend or yeah. a uh, yeah. something that they could look to that they now they could control and does a lot of that come from places of fear trying to regain this whole survivability aspect of okay now i feel safe because of this am i taking this correctly i can augment it a little bit i think okay. i know what you're trying to say so yeah i mean for just as a, as a related aside i was amazed at the response that that tiktok and, and tweet got yeah it's great um was huge I uh and it's actually really cool and I think a lot of people found it meaningful to see other adults who still share the same sentiments they do towards stuffed animals so I I'm gonna expand it a little bit too it's not even necessarily just about stuffed animals if we if Perfect. we go back to evolutionary context again if what we see as unpredictable and unsure if we see that as risky then things that we perceive to be in our control and stable and reliable are things that inherently create a sense of safety for us. So the context for the, the TikTok that I put out was in Detroit Become Human, there's a little girl named Alice who is holding a stuffed animal and she is in a home that we, at the time we see her holding the stuffed animal, can only really assume that there is either some abuse or neglect going on, either mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. uh, neither one being better or worse than the other. Well, if you live in an inherently chaotic environment as a kid, or if you just don't have something that is 
as consistent and reliable as you would like, well, you are driven to find something that creates that sense of safety. And for a lot of children, uh, particularly as they get to a point where they start to like sleep on their own, or they start to have certain times where they're by themselves because their caregivers are not available to them, that comes in the form of something like a blanket or a stuffed animal, or, mm -hmm. you know, it could even go so far as to say something like video games later on, uh, certainly was the case for me. So that there's a stability in that. Okay. My stuffed animal, my, my teddy bear, for example, is always on my bed. It's always with me. It is completely impartial. I could have a terrible day and be crying myself to sleep and the teddy bear is there. I can hold on to it. It's stable. I could have a great day. Teddy bears there. I see it, feel it, I smell it. That's an important one with like baby blankets Ooh, and stuff. Okay, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and that is a stability that really reaches into more of the primal part of your brain. Like it's 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 funny because when we look at it now, it's easy for us to look at something like a teddy bear for a kid who's reasonably well adjusted and you know has a has resources available to them to go like, mm -hmm. all right, you can now grow that. Yeah. But that's taking away some of this other stuff where it's like, no, that you, if you, you take away a kid's teddy bear or you tell that kid that they're going to outgrow it someday, or you force them to outgrow it by throwing it away, mm. tearing it up in front of them or something like that. Yeah. What you don't realize is that you're not tearing up a teddy bear. You're tearing up what that teddy bear represents. You are throwing away what it represents. And that's a sense of stability. Even if you have a, like, you know, I'll use my own personal example. Like I grew up in a house where my parents were consistent. They were reliable. They were available to me. They told me they loved me. I had a really great upbringing with my parents. I still had stuffed animals that were super meaningful to me. I had one in particular, right. it was a frog that was really meaningful to me that I actually still have in a plastic bin in my closet um, <laughs> that was super meaningful. Well, if you, if you would have approached me and told me, I mean, hell, if you walked into my room right now and took that frog out of the bin and tried to throw it away, I mean, I would not be pleased. I wouldn't lose my shit. Yeah. It wouldn't be necessarily right. traumatic for me, but I would not be pleased because it represents something to me. And I think, you know, it's it's important for people to understand that. I used to say with video games all the time, and I still, I tried to write about this academically. I still say it now. If you're a parent that goes up and just pulls the plug on your kid's PlayStation when they're playing, or you, you know, you turn off the, if you hit the switch that turns their PC off while they're playing World of Warcraft with their friends, you're not just turning off a screen in a video game, you're turning off their connection to the outside world. You're turning off social engagement, turning off something that is stable and reliable to that kid and is playing a function in their life. So if you have something like that that's stable, it can mitigate some of the fear and uncertainty that might motivate you to do other things. I would much prefer to have an adult that I know in my life who when they're having a bad day, they go and squeeze their teddy bear and take a nap than a person who is terrified and goes out and starts taking their anger out on people at the grocery store and makes bad decisions about, you know, starts getting wasted or something like that. If you've got something benign, and this is what I said in the tweet, you have something benign that is stable for you don't ever let somebody tell you that you'll outgrow it because that is something that matters and i think all of us are constantly looking for that kind of stability in our life wow that's such a that's such a great breakdown of that and because from my perspective you know I'm, I'm consuming it for what i think i'm consuming it for and that was such a oh, that was an awesome full elaboration on that it's going just such a i i 
it's i find the conversation to be fascinating because we get into our um adult judgments of these types of things mm -hmm. yes one of one Anytime. of my favorite one of my favorite i don't know yeah, i'm just, I'm sure you guys have your similar age to me. You have to probably know who Shel Silverstein is, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, I feel like everybody Come already on. knows. Yeah, absolutely. Come on. Okay, so my my favorite, my absolute favorite Shel Silverstein uh, is actually, he did, there's no uh, words with it. It was just a image that he drew. And it's one of the most profoundly sad ones, too. But it's this guy who, uh, he's growing up and he's got these flowers coming out of his head. Oh. And... He gets to be an adult, and he's got this beautiful head of flowers, and he walks up to these two guys, or three guys, or some group of guys that all have this, like, nice, uh, like, flat-top haircut, and they point at him and laugh. And he goes home, and he looks in the mirror, and then he cuts the flowers off of his head to look like the flat-top. And then he, the, fi the final panel is him kind of assimilating into that group, and he looks just like everybody else. And Oof. for me, that is such a metaphor i think for what happens to so many of us in adulthood is the imagination that we have the abstract like i mean it's a beautifully abstract thing to look at a teddy bear as a thing of stability in your life mm -hmm. like that we look at those things and we create these judgments that are really based on a point of reference that doesn't make much sense like what because other people think i shouldn't have a teddy bear like why does right. that matter right exactly so, <laughs> but it does, because the other thing that that clashes with is that from an evolutionary standpoint, we survive in numbers. Groups are the absolute foundation for a human's ability to survive. We're mammals, we're relational in nature. Well, if you face being cast out of a group because of something, the judgment associated with that is going to carry an immense amount of weight, right? You're left as, like, say, a teenager with... If I keep my teddy bear around and my friends make fun of me, if I lose my friends, I lose my group. And your primal brain says, that means we're in danger. Yes, absolutely. So it's okay. there's such an interplay of these evolutionary forces that we just kind of don't have to think about on the everyday because we're generally all fine. So anyway, I just it's what I, I find that clash of all of that stuff to be really fascinating. Well, I, I think what's fascinating is when you actually put it out there like that, it's actually comforting because now what's happened is you with the explanation from my point of view, how I take in information is that I hear that and now I can rationalize my current irrational fear, mm -hmm. right? Something as simple mm -hmm. as let's say I have a stock investment, right? Mm -hmm. And the day before it went up. I'm feeling good, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that, that stock investment, let alone did I make a good decision, I, I could also be securing more of a financial structure for myself, right? Mm -hmm. However, mm -hmm. the very next day, it might've gone down like a half a dollar. I'm freaking out, mm -hmm. right? Even though I know that's a whole apart, that, that's all a part of this thing. It's all a roller coaster yep. ride. It's an investment for X amount of time for whatever you have it foreseen for, and if it doesn't work out, and you have to be prepared for that too. And it's funny though, that even it, you know it, it'll still start to creep in there. And you have to kind of remind yourself with enough of this rational information that obviously you just share because you know that we love facts, that it just makes you go, oh, you know what? That's that's what it is. I'm not, I can't stop myself from having the initial reaction, but I can calm myself down after the fact, knowing what I know now. Yeah, I mean, you, uncertainty is always going to make people uncomfortable. It, it's d dissonance is something that our brain is quite literally wired to do everything it can to get away from. So if you're talking, I mean, even in your example there, right? Like you're talking every day you wake up, you have to deal with uncertainty. 
Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why that's why there's you know there people hedge. That's why people. That's why there's whole risk management programs, right? Like everybody's do everybody does everything they can to try to mitigate risk and be able to predict their world as best they can because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it makes it. It's if I told like. I use this example. I forget who I use this example with. It might have been a client. It might have been somebody in my family. But it was. It would be like if I said to you guys, "Hey, tomorrow morning when you wake up, somebody is going to hit you across the face with something. It's going to happen, but you don't know what it is that you're gonna that's gonna hit you." Oh boy, I can't right? wait. Okay, no, and now you're in. The, now you're into your imagination, right? You have no yeah. idea what it is. Is it a two by four? Right? You have no idea what it is. You are likely to experience more discomfort, anxiety, and fear with not knowing what it is mm. than if I was to tell you, "Flib, tomorrow morning you're going to get hit across the face with a pillow, and General Andrews, you're going to get hit across the face with a piece of wood." Oh, of course. Oh man. Now that sucks, right? Yes. Flip's going yeah. like, all right, yeah, I can, I can handle Perfect that. Perfect pillow, fast. Um, you know, but you know, then you know, General, you're sitting here and you're going like, oh, well, geez, I don't like that. But you now have the known variable. You might, your anxiety might take you to, well, how big's the piece of wood? Are we talking about a toothpick? Right. Are we talking about mm -hmm. a club? Like, what are we talking about here? Right. So there's kind of a never-ending cascade of what ifs that are associated with this. But what you're going to likely do is try to gather that information because if you could gather as much information as possible if i told you it's a baseball bat that's going to hit you at 10 miles an hour and it's going to hit you right on the cheek and it's going to happen at 9 31 p.m or 9 31 a.m and that's what it's going to happen you you have no you have no choice that's what's going to happen the more information you gather the more you mitigate your fear about it the more you mitigate the anxiety where you might even start saying, okay, so what does blunt force trauma recovery look like? How can I prepare for what that's going to look like when I'm done? <laughs> yeah. So the, the, it's a never ending cycle, but this is how anxiety manifests itself. This is where, when it goes completely off the rails, we see things like obsessive compulsive disorder, where it's a series of what ifs and it's a, our brain's feeble attempt to try to make sure that we can anticipate every single aspect of the environment we live in when the reality is you absolutely cannot do that there's That's, just no way that 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 is so true you can't you can't as much as you try to be safe not sorry let's say that's always a saying right. i like to kind of mm -hmm. put out there myself where i'm you know i'm not i'm not averse to risk i will take risk but usually it's a calculated risk yep. right because it's like okay yep. now i can mitigate the fears of these other things that would have really bothered me if that happened but this other here, this bad, unfortunate thing could still happen, but that feels a little bit less intense than the rest of these other outcomes yep. if I wasn't prepared. Yep. I want to segue that, actually, go for it. Yeah. because, and the reason why I brought up this whole thing about fear motivation or demotivation, potentially, like you, I'm so glad you brought that up almost immediately when I brought it, brought this uh, subject matter up, was a simple fact of you have moved platforms, because we met you through Twitch.tv. I would love to say mm -hmm. I met you, you know, back in college or something of that nature. Just in like, TV. Forever. Right, just in yeah. TV. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> But that's not the case. And you you made a decision to move your business. I think it was a really great pivot. It's really hard for a lot of people to understand that because you have a vision for your business that you cannot, that's it. That's how you have to do it. It's like, no, if you're if you're really good at it and feel understand what you're doing with your audience or your community or your demographic, whatever, you know, stat lines you're working with, and you're able to provide what you want to provide for them, making pivots is important. 
and you did that. You took over from Twitch to YouTube. I did. And was there fear involved in that for you? Yes. Are you <laughs> okay? Okay. <laughs> you're, you're pretty, you seem like a pretty, you know, guy that's just able to kind of even keel it. You're very laid back. You're very chill. Oh, like, no, super chill. Yeah. Oh. I've, got, I've got some really good supportive friends. You know, not everyone has that in this kind of space, right? So with oh. that being said, I, w I wanted to know from you who, again, it comes across very, I got this, you know, I, I can get this done, do, do, do. It might be a little bit slow, but I'm prepared for it. You know, was fear also a uh, factor or even a demotivating factor at certain points? Because you're like, well, not just yet. Give me a little bit more, you know, when it came to yes. those decisions. Yes. Um, yes, in spades, all the way around. Okay. Um, so I, I, there's, it's funny because there's a, there's kind of a clash of ideology that happens here. Like I, I believe that there is merit in, well, let me back up for a second. Cause I okay. think you guys both being streamers and having your own relative communities, I think you're going to understand what I'm saying here that like, when you are a streamer, you are inherently a leader of a group, right? Mm -hmm. Like you are, you are the spearhead of whatever community like whatever individuals comprise that community they they follow you to whatever extent they want but you do have you occupy a leadership position yes i i am a believer that it is important for people in leadership positions to express their emotional experience about things like i think mm. it's okay for leaders to say things like i am afraid or to say i'm anxious or yeah. to to talk about what's going on for them. And I think there's too many leaders that don't do that. At the same time, I also think that there are times where you have to be mindful to not overblow your emotional experience about something so far that the people that follow you absorb it and assimilate it into their own projections of the situation as opposed to what the situation actually is. And so the way to, I'll try to simplify that and illustrate it. Like I took a even keel approach to the move to YouTube. Okay. Uh, which I think is what you guys are talking about. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like yeah. I, I said to all of my community, I believe that this is the right move. I realize that this comes with some real legitimate growing pains. Of course. I also understand that there are some of you that will not come with, but I am making this move and I am confident in this move. Now, some of that confidence came from me taking a significant amount of time to talk it through with Sean and Jared, who I okay. trust more than anybody else as it relates to the direction of the stream and making sure that I'm doing the right thing by me, by them, by the community. Cool. But yeah. I don't think... So we were walking into the great unknown going over to YouTube. And I think if I had expressed my fear outwardly at the outset, I don't actually think that would have been good for anybody because I think it would have kind of spread like wildfire, might have blown up. And it may have even led to me engaging with a sense of fear that is not actually proportionate to my experience of it. Oh, so, okay. And, and the, I mean, the other thing that I think is important to understand about this is that this is the importance of having previous experiences that have some similar pathways. I, when I left my job at Northwestern, that was quite possibly the most terrifying life decision I've ever made. I was, okay, I was going to say, I wanted to kind of segue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of mm -hmm. Parallels matching up, okay. So, so yeah, so I, I mean, I, it, it felt the same way. Um, telling my, telling the community that I was moving to YouTube had the same vibe for me that 
uh, of when I told my parents I was going to quit Northwestern and go right, to private right. practice. Um, and it was like one of those things where like, I knew it was the right decision. It was well thought out, but it's one of those decisions that if you're on the outside and you only see the end product, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. what most viewers see on a stream, oh, yeah. you, it's easy to look at that and kind of, you know, raise your eyebrow and go like, really? Right. I was, I was yeah. 20, I was 29 years old and was an assistant professor at a school that is perennially in the top 15 in the country. Prestigious. And right. I left it. <laughs> I See you said, later. I'm done. Told him to go and, kick sand. Yeah. I mean, it, and it was, and I, and I had legitimate reasons to do it. I was terrified to do it, but I knew that in the long run, um, you want to talk about fear motivating it. The fear of the unknown of what it was going to mean for me did not outweigh the fear of what it would mean if I stayed. Ah, that's okay. such a great explanation of that. Oh, yes. So I, and I think this is where our intuitiveness into our fears is very important because you can kind of leverage them against each other and you can also make comparisons on it. So my fear, my ultimate fear, when I really sat down, laid my pillow, laid my head on the pillow at night, the pillow that I was going to whack Flib with at night. Oh, shoot. Yeah, straight um, across. When, the I, face. <laughs> when I, was, he didn't tell you there was drool on. I got to bring things like, full circle here, you know. Right? Yeah. So, so as I would lay down at night, the thing that I kept thinking about over and over and over and over again is, I do not want to be forty-five years old, still in this position, and then say, I really wish I would have made that choice when I was twenty-nine. Like I, so I just couldn't. Those, I could not fathom being in that position because if there was. Yeah, man. And if there was ever a time for me to make this move, it, this was the time because cool. I have I have a lot of time ahead of me to make this. It gets harder and harder to make difficult decisions as you get further and further with cost sunk. Right. Life happens. You know, all of a sudden you have less opportunity. Like it's just it's a it's a routine. mess. Uh, yeah. This routine alone is one of the hardest things for me to break once. I'm Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Man. Yeah. And, and there are super important people in my life that I respect immensely, who unfortunately haven't made the type of decision that I made mm -hmm, at 29. Mm -hmm. And I have seen what that has meant for them. Oh. And so I looked at it and I said, I don't want to be that. Yep. I don't, I don't want that for myself. And I luckily was in a position where like, you know, we had, it's not like I went into the unemployment line out yeah. of Northwestern, mm -hmm. I was still able to be a therapist. I was licensed. I could still go into private practice. Like I had the luxury of being able to maintain a living, but I took a significant pay cut when I did that. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 and it was, and it was something that my, my wife and I planned for and had to deal with. Okay. So fast forward to the YouTube choice. It's got the same bones. Okay. So for me, what was happening with Twitch was that I was and I keep telling people, like, I'm on YouTube for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I am not on YouTube permanently. Yeah. I am not, like, anti-Twitch. Where I am at is that some of the stuff that Twitch has been doing in response to the messes that have been created both mm, internally yes. and also by Twitch themselves yeah. has started to disenfranchise me with the platform. Now, this was happening at the same time that, like, I mean, I know it's, I know viewership's not the end all be all, but it's, a, it's an easy metric to use. My concurrent viewership was higher than it had ever been. I was starting yes, to push up totally. into the 200s, sometimes 300s. Uh -huh, like uh -huh. it was, I mean, I was really picking up steam with doing The Last of Us in, in Detroit. 
Well, it's easy to look at that and go like, well, geez, man, like, why would you leave that? But I didn't feel comfortable putting my product on a platform, particularly me being mental health focused, on a platform that has not overtly shown any interest in supporting the mental health of people on the platform. Very true. So it was this like very like dissonant experience where, I mean, just yesterday I was reading, um, there there was a Wall Street Journal article, I'm sure you guys have probably seen it, about streamers and, and streamer burnout and how yeah. much anxiety it causes and mm -hmm. how difficult it is for streamers. And it's very easy for people to say, well, just don't stream. I think it's a lazy argument, uh, but my like favorite it, one is I can't believe these people are complaining playing video games. It's yeah, like okay, yeah, yeah, yeah see a troll in the threads later. <laughs> God, there's just there's so much yeah, more to it. Yeah. So it's so you know that that lame argument aside, the 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 point here is that like I'm sitting here saying I want to bring responsible, I want to bring mental health information responsibly and ethically. I want to embody a stream where I show people that it is important to take care of your mental health. And I think integrity is a part of mental health. Ah, and for excellent. me, being on that platform didn't feel right when I have to worry about bots coming in that are going to spam my chat with hateful messages that people right. just don't need to yeah. be saying. And then when I see a complete and utter lack of responsiveness to that that i mean when you have people in the community that are coding a bot faster than bezos money folks mm -hmm. it blows my mind can even it blows they, they, they my can't mind even send a tweet like an apology or anything right dude it they couldn't even send that and and what is so brutal about it and why this had just it just felt so eerily similar to me is that for so many i mean any streamer that's listening to me like right now that's on twitch i mean you guys too i'm sure twitch has people by the balls yeah yes. like you you get isolated into that platform so heavily from the outset that you can't go out and diversify your portfolio you are mm -hmm. pigeonholed so Fast forward to me, I'm looking at all this stuff. I'm having these conversations with Sean and Jared. I'm saying, look, like, you know, I'm not, I just don't really appreciate what Twitch is doing right now. I don't feel comfortable having, supporting, because I look at me putting my content on Twitch as me endorsing Twitch as much as they're endorsing me by allowing me to put my content on the platform. So I don't, and I don't feel good supporting Twitch right now. Decisions totally. that making. And I'm a big believer in holding systems accountable as feeble as that may be at times. This is right, my yeah, little yeah. way of holding yeah. that system accountable and saying, you know what? There are other options available to me. I believe that what I believe in what I'm doing. I don't believe in where I do it. I believe in what I'm doing. So I believe that the community will travel. There will be some attrition. I understand that. But the feedback that I have gotten about my stream, as I'm sure you guys do as well, as many streamers who are, we'll, you know, we'll call it successful on the platform, right? Yeah, successful is yeah. different things for different people. Absolutely. People watch because of you, yes. right? There are, there are people like Shroud who are just ungodly good at video games where you literally watch him for how skillful he is yeah. at it. I yeah. understand that people those people exist, yep. but generally right now with where, where, where Twitch and streaming is headed, people are watching for personalities. They're watching for people that they can connect with. So yeah, my thought process, you know what I mean? They're, exactly. They're watching for, for, does it make, does it make them feel something? Did they learn something or are you funny? Yeah. Like, do you, do I feel good when I watch yeah. you? Do, is yeah. it meaningful for me to consume your content exactly. in whatever way that means for me? Right. And, you know, we and there's different niches to occupy. Yeah. Right. So and that's a one. It's one of the wonderful things about it. So when I decide when I when I finally made the straw that broke the camel's back, by the way, was uh, I was uh, streaming and uh, Twitch did the 
stream key reset without oh, any warning for people yeah, and it killed, yeah, it killed my it, fantastic yeah, it was right? great it was great so it, it killed my stream halfway through and so i, I was like all right that's it i'm done yep, so yep. i made the decision it was a little bit quicker than i had wanted it to be but i had okay, been, I was been wondering in the works. about that okay it was okay. a little quicker than i wanted but it had been in the works for like two months Got it. So okay. Sean, okay. Sean, Jared, and I started the conversation way back. But that was the straw that croaked the camel's back. So I was like, you know what? We're making the switch. So I did, you know, all my research. I, I had figured all that stuff out. I figured out OBS and all that sort of thing. And then I thought, I was like, okay, so let's see if... I'm right. Is the is the community going to travel? Yeah, am right. I going to am I going to feel better when I'm over there? Are you know, am I is this something that's going to feel sustainable for me? Do I look at the spearheads of something like YouTube gaming? Do I look at them and their response to what's happening with their streamers and think, you know what, that feels good, even if it's not perfect? And the answer at that point in time was yes. And the answer to that since I'm, I'm just over a month since being on YouTube full time yeah. has been yes. I have looked at some of the community managers for YouTube gaming. They have a roadmap for, for stuff that they plan to implement in the coming year. I'm excited for that. I was prepared for the attrition that came along with that. Now, I have to add in the context here that like, Twitch and YouTube and streaming is not my primary source of income. I don't pay my bills off of streaming. Correct. So okay. I understand that anybody who's listening to this who does pay their bills doing that is probably even more afraid than I was because it's a legitimate hit at the start. Yes, Correct. it is. Yeah. Streaming right? Like over I, almost. It, it, yeah. I mean, it, my. It, it is. Yeah. Aside from the first day, so you know, the first day I went over, my the highest concurrent viewership I had, I think, it was 182, and I was like, "Well, shit, this yeah, traveled yeah, yeah, perfectly." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm "182, I'd have been happy baby. with on Twitch." Yeah. Well, fast forward a week later, and it's 42. Okay. Okay. So now, I, and a lot of streamers know that when you see 42 after you've been seeing 202, right. that is a jarring. It's jarring. Yes, it now, is. I'm not generally a person that looks at numbers while I'm streaming, but it was something that I needed to keep tabs on just to kind of have an idea of what was going on. Well, that is scary, but it also, the thing that I will say is that this has panned out the way that I was hoping it was going to. Ooh. There is a slow and steady growth. Every night, there's a little bit more folks who have found their way over. I also realized just how freaking hard it is to reach your entire viewership on twitch because uh -huh. i still have people that come over that are like i had no idea you're over here yep like I you've been over it. here for a month i've been looking for yeah. you i thought something was wrong and i'm like i thought you quit and i'm like right. no, <laughs> no i'm still going i'm it's the same stream it's just a different platform it's the same stream in 1440p glory right. um, yeah, so exactly. <laughs> My, my bit rate is three times as much. No, it's four times as much as it was over. Anyway, I, I digress. So it's growing more steadily. My I, I gain about 100 subscribers a day on YouTube right now. Um, I, I'm seeing viewership climb, but there's a core group of people that are there every night consistently and reliably mm -hmm. that I see the stream building around. And I have noticed that the stream has returned to a bit of an intimate 
feeling again because Ooh. one we're all out on the frontier we're, we're doing this right there were growing pains there were people complaining about the user interface and they were very rightly they are yep. very right they're very complain about the user about interface yep. it's yep. awful i totally i totally understand that um but again if you're putting out good content, if you are mm -hmm. believing in what you're doing, and I very much believe in what I do, people we come. We do too. We do too. Right? So <laughs> yeah. it, for me, it was, but it was, I know I went kind of long-winded there, but like it, there was fear there. I was afraid that I was going to lose viewership. I was afraid that I was going to lose faith from uh, people who watch me. I was yeah, worried yeah. that, um, you know, all of a sudden that, Everything was going to regress. Now, I had in my back pocket the ability to return to Twitch at any time. I could start streaming on Twitch tomorrow if I wanted to. Yeah. I haven't terminated my partner contract because I'm not in violation of it. No, so right. yeah. they, but I don't because they haven't done what I need them to do in order for me to return. Yeah. But the, but I, I was afraid, I was afraid of the unknowns that were going to be along with that. Were people going to say, you know what? It's too much of a pain in the ass for me to go over to YouTube because the discoverability is not great. It's another tab I have to have open. It's, you know, it's a user interface I have to fight with. It's, you know, I don't understand how memberships work. I don't understand, you know, mm -hmm. now you're telling me cancel my subscription on Twitch. Well, I've known what that's meant for two years. What does it mean to be a member on YouTube? Does this is the split the same? By the way, the amount of viewers that do not understand the split. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, don't get absolutely, it. it's, it's nuts. It's mind blowing. It's yeah. mind blowing. When I get across and it's just, I don't under, I, 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 maybe it's math is hard. I, I, that's, that's fair. I don't get it. I don't know. Yeah. What half, <laughs> half of your money goes to Amazon. Yeah. And for what? <laughs> for, to provide what, what's, and what's crazy. And I mean, this is, this is the same for YouTube too. Like I, I'm not just throwing Twitch under the bus on this. It's Twitch doesn't actually do anything other than host what you put into OBS. No. And OBS is free. Yeah. It yeah. blows my mind that OBS is free. Yeah. Like, well, I, because OBS is the engine. It, it blows my mind that people don't realize that, right? They're like, well, if Twitch didn't exist, like, no, no, folks, don't you understand? It's because of the people. Otherwise, Twitch doesn't exist because yeah. the people aren't there. Twitch yeah, advertises how, how, how all these itself work. as a free platform, right? It's based off of the advertising that they get from their, their money there. Yeah. Yeah, and they take I, half of our revenue. They take half of it. Half of it. Half. Just to build on that, here's the here's the best thing that people are like, you know, people are like, oh, Twitch isn't making money. Amazon's gonna get rid of them. No, no. Do you understand how smart the business move by Amazon to purchase Twitch was? Brilliant. Twitch was using Amazon servers. So guess what? Twitch yeah. is owned by Amazon. <laughs> So they, they, they pay Amazon, you know, with Amazon's money for the yeah. servers. So they're getting a tax write-off because of the fact that they're paying that money, but they already had the money because it's Amazon's money. <laughs> oh, just, yeah, so keep going. Oh, my gosh. So, well, it's just, it's, this is the thing, though, that, like, it's, to to bring it to the core of what I think we're talking about tonight. Yes. The, the fascinating thing about this, and this is what I think every single person has to confront if they're considering a switch, is Twitch or hundreds of my viewers and any of anybody else's viewers who's listening to this is a was for three years i mean i made this move i made this move two weeks after my three-year anniversary yes yeah. I, <laughs> yeah for three years people know what tab to click they know what color their name's going to be they know what time i'm going to be there they know what the interface looks like they know what the sub button is they know what a sub is they have their idea of what their contribution is they know exactly what's going to happen if they chat. Twitch is a full-blown known quantity. 
Yep. Mm -hmm. Easy peasy, right? And that's what we want. Everybody knows what Dr. Mick looks like on Twitch. You move that to YouTube. What I did was I injected a series of unknowns into a group of people, yes. which is one of yeah. the worst things anybody can do in any capacity, let alone a capacity where it's voluntary to watch. Yep. Because all that turned into, rightly so, I mean, if anybody in my community is listening to this, please understand, I completely understand why this was jarring. Because mm -hmm. I now all of a sudden have presented you with, how do you know when I go live? Yeah. Do you know what color your name? Well, it's one of three colors in the chat, right? Do you know what the difference between top chat and live chat is? Do Ooh. you know what a membership is? Now, all of a sudden, when I say thank you for subscribing to my YouTube, that doesn't mean thank you for throwing $2.50 my way. Yeah. That means... Thank you for following, following me. Following, yeah. It's <laughs> exactly, a follow now. Right? It's a follow now. So the language is different. So now I'm injecting different language. Now all of a sudden the encoding options are different. Now all of a sudden I don't know where to go to tip you. I don't have information panels on your channel in the same way I did. It looks different on my phone. I can't keep the video up while I do other things on my phone unless I have YouTube Prime. Like, or YouTube Premium, whatever the hell. So... Now, all of a sudden, there's a thousand unknowns. And what people do when they are presented with unknowns is they bail. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's easier. <laughs> why on earth would I, why on earth would you ask me to experience cognitive dissonance when I can go over to Twitch and watch <laughs> yeah. any number of people that I already oh, know how uh, to? Oh, so true. I've had right. so many people even like, even thinking about going to YouTube, I've been like, hey, who would come over? I'm like, no, I like Twitch too much. Sorry. If you leave Twitch, I'm gone forever. I'm yeah. Like, oh, okay. And I had people on my tweet that announced yeah. it that said, I really hope you come back to Twitch because I'm not watching you on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. I saw those. I, I, I was just shocked. I'm like, it's okay to feel that. I was just shocked that people were willing to voice that into yeah. the void of internet foreverness. And I'm just like, oh. you know, I, you know what I, one of the, maybe this is me being a little rosy colored glasses, but I, I, I look at that, that though. And, and I think to myself, you know what though? Like that disappointment in me going to YouTube, I think is a reflection that I, they care, yes. right? Like exactly. I'm disappointed that you're going there because I care about what you have to offer. And this is an inconvenience for me to go over to YouTube. And I'm not, by the way, I want to make sure people know I'm not being sarcastic when I say I'm being inconvenienced by going over to YouTube. I do understand that in the mm -hmm. streaming world, it is inconvenient to go to different platforms, yeah. right? I have, I wouldn't touch Facebook live with a 10 foot pole Correct. because it's just immensely <laughs> inconvenient for me to go over there. I hate Facebook. I'm like, yes. right. But the but that's real. So yep, if you have is. people who don't like Google, for example, they're not going to go over to YouTube. Yep, if you have 100%. people that have had bad experience with YouTube, they're not going to go over there. So I have just stacked the deck against myself in making this decision because I am asking you to I'm asking you to wade through something unknown for something that you're trying to enjoy as a leisure activity, right? Like yes. think of how much people hate when you change. Uh, operating systems at a at a giant workplace, right? Oh. Like you go in to put one update in and people lose their mind. Well, and that's in an environment where they have to adjust to it, where, yeah. they, where there's no choice. You have the beauty of choice in the streaming world. So mm -hmm. now I'm asking you to, I'm basically saying to everybody by going to YouTube, hey, do me a solid. Yes. And trust me enough to be uncomfortable for a few days while you watch me. And that's a huge ask. It's a huge ask. I mean, I had to leverage three years worth of karma in order That's to true. make that yeah. move. I really did. 
And there are people now who watch me consistently who have said, you know what? I'm glad you're over here. This feels fine, right? Like we adjusted, good. it's cool. Oh, that's we're in, we're in a flow. Back. And I really do believe that that's something that other folks would be capable of doing. I'm not, I mean, I'm not sitting here telling anybody to switch. It's you, you people got to do what they got to do for their, what I think is ridiculous is the fact that switching is something that you have to do. I would love to multi-stream. I would love to be able to send my stuff out. Oh yeah. Switch oh, right YouTube and, and everything right? simultaneously. It's ridiculous to me that that's not something, but this is again, where the giant system has you absolutely screwed because there's no, what are you going to do? What am I going to do? Am I going to write Twitch and say, Hey, make a different, make a, make a change for me. I want to multi-stream over to YouTube. They're going to look at me and laugh in my face and say, well, yeah. if you want to stream on YouTube, go for it, but you can't do it while you're doing it here because we'll terminate your channel. Like exactly. I have no power here. So I made the switch. It was scary. The fear, but, but again, fear as a motivating force came from multiple directions. It didn't just come from one direction. Was I afraid to make that shift? Yes, but I was also afraid of what it was going to mean for me and my own like integrity really mm -hmm. in the long run if I continued to participate in a system that I am not that I don't believe it. That is doing things and making decisions that I believe are hurtful to a lot of people. Well, I'm, I'm and, glad you say that because I, I feel a lot of times as, as streamers and content creators that we have, not just ourselves being, but consumed is under the guise of, we say a lot of things, but do we do a lot of the walking for the things that we're talking about? And, mm -hmm, and right. in this instance, I feel, again, when you say the word integrity, because you always talk about ethics and morals when mm -hmm. it comes to you and your practice, and then how you treat that same type of practice obviously has to be different with the way that um, yep. a streaming platform is set up. But you, you talk about those things. So you bring that up again as this is another decision made because of that it continues to solidify more than likely why people want to consume you, not just because you're entertaining, not just because you have a really cool life. You know what I mean? Though all those kind of things, you know, are awesome, but really because you, you represent core values that you don't dissuade from. That is very kind of you to say. Um, I don't know that there's any higher compliment that you could pay me. So I really do appreciate you saying that. I, uh, I, I think, I think if so, like, you know, you two and then anybody who's listening to this right now, like if you take a second and think about in your life, who are people that you generally have had the most respect for? Now, I'm not talking about people that you have liked the most, right? People that you yeah. have had the most respect for that you knew that you were not going to be able to fudge them, so to speak. Mm hmm. Right. That is generally because that is a person who carries themselves with integrity, who calls it like it is, and who has some sort of principle that they stand on, whether you agree with it or not. Right. And I can think of a handful of people in my life that had significant influence on me that I remember looking at and going, you know what? Damn, like that person operates in a way that like I wouldn't even remotely consider trying to pull one over on that person. Or like right. I would, mm -hmm. I know, I mean, I was a, I was a shit starter when I was in middle school and high school. And like, I liked to push systems and push buttons and see what I could get away with and stuff. <laughs> the people that very much came across as you are not going to pull this shit on me because there are things that matter to me that are more important than just, you know, bullshit, superfluous stuff. Those were people that I had immense amount of respect for. So for me, when I look at this stuff, I think about the same thing that you just said is if I'm going to sit up on Twitch all the way up until October 8th, 2021, and say, I want to be ethical and responsible, I value integrity and authenticity, and that, you know, 
mental health, like one of the ways that you can facilitate mental health is through your own validation, your own through boundary setting, through mm -hmm. all these sorts of things, right? If I'm sitting here on a platform thinking, man, I really need to set a boundary with this, but I'm not doing it. What the hell am I doing sitting here talking about it, yeah. right? Like you have to put your money where your mouth is. And for me, it, there's, for me, it got to a point where there was no, it was no longer a decision. It was now, this is what I'm going to do because this aligns with my values. I don't need everybody to agree with that. I, I hold in high regard people that thought to themselves, you know what? Sorry, Dr. Mick, I ain't gonna follow you to YouTube. I you I like the platform more than I like any individual streamer. Fine. Right. I also I planned for that. I understand that. I respect that. If that's what's important to you, cool. But I am there was no way in hell that I was gonna let that be something that influenced me into making a decision that's not in the best interest of me and what I believe is in best interest for the community at large. Because if I want to be in a position where what I'm doing has a broader impact on folks and has more eyeballs on it and is getting the attention that I believe it deserves, then I have to operate with that integrity and I have to make sure that I'm doing what's right for that. And so far, this has been the move that I think is going to facilitate that. And that's so awesome. And the reason why I didn't want to just spring all this, you know, <laughs> on you per se, but I really wanted a candid response because when, you know, from the viewer, I'll call myself a viewer from this perspective, right? Because I didn't know your ins and outs of it. You've done a good job of explaining, you know, certain parts of it from the process of when you started until now. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, from my first one, it was, okay, this feels knee jerky, even though I kind of get sure. it because of what happened at that point in time, which was the whole stream reset because basically the information leaked across the board yeah right? terrible and it was just oh, like oh, okay and i was like damn i'm surprised you didn't wait like another day or two to kind of like tell like, get, well, like a yeah stream, i remember and seeing it on twitter and then i messaged this. jen i was like oh yeah jen look at this <laughs> <laughs> oh my like, god he posted on twitter he was like tim the tap man look at this <laughs> yeah you like that <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, let me tell you, YouTube, YouTube didn't pay me millions of dollars to come over there. I'll tell you that. Uh, I was excited. Yeah, my my life is not forever changed, and my children that I'll never have are not going to go to college for free. Uh, but that, uh, uh, but it still, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it was a. I got the approval on that one from Sean and Jared. I I I threw the idea out there, and they're like, "Yeah, do it." So cool. it was it was good. But uh, yeah, no, it's, I can I can totally understand that it looked knee jerky. I, I that makes complete sense to me from like a viewer standpoint, and yeah, in a lot yeah. of ways, again, mm -hmm. this, this but this is right. This is the importance of it, right? This is what I love about, by the way, what you guys do with this podcast, because there are so many people who get to see behind the scenes on some of this stuff in a way that like, I'm not going to sit on stream and talk about this for like three hours. Like it, that, that, to me, that's not. a boring stream. Yeah. But this is something that like in talking with you guys about it and stuff, it, it's so much more engaging, right? Like it's a, it's a different way to access a streamer. So like I had to reiterate so many times to people like this was months in the making. Like I understand that this was yes. jarring. I understand I didn't make an announcement that says, hey, on Saturday we're moving yeah. to YouTube. So let's prepare yeah. together on Twitch. <laughs> but like the but at the same time, I looked at it and I said to myself, you know what? First of all, I I and I mean this sincerely, I believe in the direction that YouTube gaming is trying to go. Um, I've seen the stuff that they want to implement. I've seen the the way that they take feedback from the people who stream to them. And as far as I'm concerned, it is a lot better as I estimate it than Twitch is. And so for me, I thought to myself, well, you know what? I want to be in there when all that cool stuff happens. And I think about that as like, you know, think of who some of the biggest streamers are on Twitch. 
they're guys that were there with Justin TV. They were guys that were there way ahead of the curve. Early yep. adoption is such a huge part of how you become successful in a certain arena, right? Like think about yep. people who bought Bitcoin at, at the outset, people who got in on, you know, all sorts of stuff, like at the very outset of when they go in, because they're willing to take the plunge and the risk because they believe in something and where it'm going now i'm not saying that i'm going to be you know streaming to 30,000 people on youtube <laughs> i better start yeah right this. yeah Whoa. yeah i'm, I'm going to send you a picture of myself we'll call it an nft and you can yeah. pay, spend two quarter of a million dollars on it um i'm not going there that's a won't go there we'll we won't digress there but no, i no. uh but i i thought to myself like you know if i i want to be in there I want to learn the ins and outs of it. I want to develop with the platform. And I think that as people see more people take that plunge, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. particularly mm -hmm. people they respect, I can see it being a bit of a a bit of a groundswell. I'm not saying that Twitch is going to go obsolete or anything like that, but like I, I really think that like it's important. You want to talk about representation. I think it's real. This is why YouTube pays millions of dollars to people like Dr. Lupo and Tim the Tapman and Dr. Uh, Disrespect to go over to their platform because people who are aspiring to be like them or people who see them as important pieces of representation for streaming look at that and go, well, shit, if those guys were willing to take that deal, albeit for huge sums of money, mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. must be something about the platform that they also believe in because mm -hmm. they were also making millions of dollars on Twitch. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah. Right? So it's it's you look at that and you think to yourself like, okay, wow, that's really cool. There's something to it. Well, then if you start to see people at levels that are a little bit closer to your own, because none of the three of us, as far as I can tell, are anywhere to the magnitude of any of the three people <sighs> I just talked no, about. You, 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 <sighs> man, I, make I, it painfully aware like, for me. We're getting you? there. We're on our way. But, yeah. It's not going but the seeing, wrong direction. It's going the right direction. Right. But seeing guys like us, for example make decisions that are right for us and that fit our values that's important it's right big time so yes. it's huge yeah so i see it as something where it's like if i need to be the guy that inspires people to look at it and go well shit like nobody does what dr mix doing on twitch and he just went to youtube yeah what right like that i think i think that's important i think it's important for people to consider that there are options out there if if seeing somebody you trust go somewhere like that makes you feel a little bit more safer and going in that direction and maybe mitigate some of that fear great i mean i'm not doing i'm not i'm not some i'm not moses trying to part the red sea and lead people no. across it yeah. i'm just but it's it's I just, I tried to look at as many angles on this as I possibly could, because for anybody who's not a streamer who's listening to this, you probably don't understand that switching platforms is like quite literally the most, it's the biggest transition you could ever make as a streamer. It can be like, career it, it, suicide at times. It, it can. It absolutely can. It absolutely can. I mean, I think about people who went over to Mixer who got Oh, right. Screwed. Oh, just <laughs> yeah, absolutely got screwed. Bad end of that deal right some people yeah. it worked yeah. out but a lot of people it did not not everybody was ninja who got to you know keep the money from going to mixer and then go back to a huge viewership on <laughs> twitter yeah right like that ain't how it worked for the majority of people so like yes it is it is a terrifying thing to do and it is can be absolutely flib it can be suicide for folks so it's it's something that like I don't believe in doing it in a knee-jerk way. I, I don't make big decisions of that magnitude 
off the cuff. Those are decisions that have to be made. And I think sometimes there's merit in seeing that happen behind the scenes. But I also think that you have to be calculated about that because had I been expressing, I wink, wink, nudge, nudged quite a few times over that yeah. two month period. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I never was explicitly saying like, hey guys, I'm really considering moving to YouTube. I would say things like, hey, you really ought to consider subscribing to my YouTube channel. Or, you know, like there's some really yeah. good stuff starting to go up on YouTube that you're probably going to want to follow. Like, I mean, there was there was some of that, but I think I, I didn't want to inject chronic instability into the community. I wanted people to feel like when I went over there, this was something that I was doing, that I was firm in, that I was confident in. It's why I sent messages like cancel your Twitch sub if yes. you subscribe to me, like move that over to YouTube. If you want to financially support the stream, please do it over on YouTube. Like the consistent messaging across the board, I think is, was it all in an effort to, to bring it full circle here, was all in an effort to control as many variables as I could and make as many unknown quantities known as I possibly could so that people didn't experience as much anxiety making that leap with me. And I am grateful to anybody who made that leap, to anybody who comes over and watches me on YouTube at night. I am super grateful that those folks gave me a chance and well, continue I, to do so. I think that's a very important. All, all the things that you just summed up here and wrapped back all around for everything we've discussed tonight is that you took a chance. And this is important for anyone. If you're someone who is a streamer mm -hmm. like ourselves that is thinking about taking a chance on something, maybe a different piece of content, right? Maybe it's not even as, as mm -hmm. scary as switching one platform to another. Cause that's a, there's a lot that's involved in that. Like you said, two months of uh, research before you, you did it. And then taking these chances, that, that's why I really want to talk about it. Because, again, you come across as very cool, calculated, easygoing. Hey, don't worry. What suit and tie? How about shirt and hat? Thank you. You know, <laughs> so with with that, though, it's, it's not 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 a dig. It's more so to get across the idea that the perception is so hard for people to say, oh, I thought it was this one thing and something else. I really wanted to get that across by bringing this up with you, talking to you and also bringing up the the main topic, which is, is fear a motivating factor, because I feel like a lot of people have a lot to offer. They mm -hmm. get stuck in their bubbles because of the things that you described before, trying to have controllables, you know, routine, you don't want dissonance, mm -hmm. trying to avoid it at all costs. And even how yep. you went about your structure to go from Twitch to YouTube, you're like, can we make this distance as little as possible for as short as possible? Hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. The longer it goes on for, cause like you said, if you were, if you were doing that for too much longer, you started really putting these like fearful feelings and emotions out there, which I think sometimes people need to understand when they are, Talking about themselves on social media, people consume it as an all or nothing. Mm -hmm. A lot of people aren't very good at um, putting out, you know, even though I'm interpreting it as this, they could mean something else. A lot of times, mm -hmm. no, I interpret it as this, so that's exactly what it is. It's like, yeah. you're not always right, buddy. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> when that kind of stuff happens, that's why I thought it was really important to talk to you about it because I think people are very respectful of what you do and what you say, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why it's like, okay, he, he experienced this and he's still kicking butt. Okay, you know what? Maybe I should take a chance. And again, not necessarily from YouTube to Twitch, or sorry, Twitch to YouTube, uh, oh, but something else. Maybe it's, sure. you know, you know what? I, I want to get back to school so I can change the career path mm -hmm. I'm in because I hate this now that I've experienced it, you know? Yep. Uh, and they could go do something else because it's like, you know what? These, these rational people that I enjoy listening to their content and everything, 
they again just talked about they were dealing with what feel irrational type things creeping up even though it comes from a rational pace place of where your body is from a primal um a primal instinct aspect mm -hmm. but that's why i think it's so important to get that across so thank you for sharing that with both of us let today. me give you let me give you because you know i think back sometimes to the first episode where we did this and i remember you asked me you said you say, come on, Dr. Mick, give me, give me like the, the real doctor. Give yeah. me the non-measured Dr. Mick. All right. So I'm going to give you a nugget here on number okay. three. Thank you. I'm going to tell you the one thing in my entire streaming career that actually is the most vulnerable and scary for me. The album I'm releasing on Saturday. <laughs> yes, take this time and please plug anything that you've got going on. You want, to, we want okay. to hear about it. Let's go. Well, I so um I as you guys know, I occasionally play guitar on stream. And one of the things that I am going to be forever grateful to stream for is that stream helped me get over my fear of playing a musical instrument in front of people. Um I use I could talk to a crowd of 2 million people with no problem. Right. No problem. <laughs> put put me on Capitol Hill with crowds of people and I will talk to them. I have no problem. Put a guitar in my hands in front of that same group of people and I wilt. <laughs> okay. So put put that guitar in front of my hands with three people watching me and I wilt. I don't even play my I play my guitar in front of my wife rarely okay so i uh so playing my guitar on stream has been uh was really scary at first and then the chat was so encouraging that it helped me really like build confidence in that to like think that what i was actually producing was pretty decent and i do think that some of the guitar stuff that i've produced is actually pretty good but Ooh. you know it's one of those things that i'm like i so there's a uh, there's an insecurity about the idea that i'm putting a downloadable a downloadable album of music that is four hours long that was all recorded live and has since been remastered and that that album is going to be available on spotify itunes amazon music title you name it that is terrifying to me <laughs> because all of a sudden like not that i'm anticipating that you know i'm gonna have taylor swift levels of of course. listenership but like that's for me you want to talk about vulnerable. That is the most vulnerable thing that I have done, I think, in the history of history. I would argue that that, for me, feels even more vulnerable than moving from Twitch to YouTube. Wow. And I have wow. told nobody that until right now. So, wow. so you heard it here first, yeah. folks, on Two Players in a Podcast. <laughs> oh that if you want to know where Dr. Mick is terrified, it's Ooh. that. Um, wow, because watching you do that, that's not the vibe I would get. Oh, Dude. Just so, just so you right? know, you, you do a good job of being a showman. I, yeah. I, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have just thought so that the, the couple times I've watched you do your loops because I'll yeah. learn yeah. during them and like they're fantastic to listen to, but you you seem so comfortable. It's like I was like, oh man, he must do this all the time. Like look at him. I am never more self-conscious than when I have a guitar in my hands with people watching. <laughs> um so I, I mean I learned how to manage some of that stuff when I was in theater as a kid you know, as a professor and things like that, like being in front of people all the time, you kind of learn how to perform and, and hide some of that. But yeah, that you want to peel back the curtain. There's that. So if we're at the plug moment, I'm going to plug that. Um, I will, uh, I have a merch store. This is the, also, this is, this is going to air after the merch store goes live. So I can say this, um, yeah. drmickmerch.com, uh, is the new merch store that is releasing that has all sorts of cool merch in it. That's you matter themed. Also, we have a, there's going to be a piece of apparel 
or merch that every game I play, there will be a themed piece of merch that comes out with it. So right now we're oh. playing Red Dead Redemption 2. So there's a, uh, those, those folks that do watch those streams are going to immediately know why the shirt that's coming out for that <laughs> is, it the is, shirt with the is great. Do you have a mustache and the cowboy hat? Is it that one? Uh, it is. No, it's not no. That. <laughs> I, I, that. That felt weird to put on a t-shirt. No, oh, no, no. I was like, man, yeah, people putting my face on a t-shirt feels weird. But no, it's a uh, it's a Red Dead Redemption 2 OSHA-themed t-shirt, which uh, <laughs> is... We have a running joke that I act as an OSHA man anytime I get into problems. <laughs> and... Uh, but there's also, there's lots of merch. There's face masks, there's tumblers, there's mugs, there's stickers, there's all sorts of things. But the album is called Voyager. It's four hours worth of music. It's 19 tracks. It's stream friendly. So it's, there's no lyrics or anything like that. It's just me and a guitar and that's it. And uh, you can play it on your, as a background on your stream if you want. You'll be able to download it on the, on the uh, website if you're interested in doing that. Again, it's drmcmerch.com. You can download it there. You can use it to your heart's content. Uh, or you can listen on Spotify, iTunes, all that fun stuff. Uh, but you can now find me on youtube.com slash Dr. Mick. Live streams are 9.30 p.m. Pacific time every night except for Mondays. We mostly play whatever story game I'm playing, uh, but we also mix in some fun nights. We have Fridays with the fellas where me and the boys just kind of mess around and it gets chaotic. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you can find me on YouTube. That's also where all the VODs are. We have full playthroughs of therapist, full psychological analysis and concept illustrations for games like The Last of Us 1 and 2, Detroit Become Human, Red Dead Redemption, many more to come. You can binge watch to your heart's content. I'm also available on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And then I'm going to do a little mini celebratory plug here for TikTok, because since I talked to you guys last, I have since hit 1 million likes on TikTok. We're actually up Hell to yeah. 1.1 million likes on TikTok now. And uh, shout out to my boy, Sean at Houlihan Productions for all the hard work that he does on those, because I do not make those. Sean makes those. Uh, and uh, they are, uh, we have, a, that is... Honestly, TikTok, is, the growth of TikTok was part of what helped boost my confidence of moving to YouTube because uh, TikTok is only going to snowball. It already kind of yes. has. And so TikTok being is, is the gateway. It's what's sending people. So it, it sends people to YouTube now instead of to Twitch. And uh, so you can find me there. That's Dr. Miktok, M-I-C-K-T-O-K. Clever, I know. Yeah, and uh, that's uh, so that's where you can find me. So the merch store launches this weekend. It'll have since launched, I'm sure, when this goes live. But feel free to check it out. All all uh, profits go into the stream. I, I use all profits to do things like pay for my video production and make sure that I can show up every night and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So um, I, uh, I'm i always just a click away on YouTube. I know it can be a pain in the ass, but I do encourage people, give it a shot. Um, it's, it's, if you, there are good people that are hanging out on YouTube that are worth watching and keep watching, the, keep watching Flib and General Andrews on Twitch. Uh, for as long as they're on Twitch. But if you ever have a hankering to check out YouTube, would love if you stopped by and saw what we have to offer over there. How they wonderful. don't sponsor me to say that. No, no, you're, you just like to talk. <laughs> you know that. Yes, I do. Gracious. <laughs> yes, I do. Well, that's, you know, that's what, that's right. That's why you brought me here, right? You and Flip just want to sit yeah. back and listen for an hour and a half. And <laughs> we have successfully accomplished that. We did it. We did a great job. Seriously. I'll send you an invoice, boys. Yeah, perfect. Yes, I, I appreciate that.
thank you so much for your time I, we we really yeah, do yeah. appreciate how much you you give us every single time you come on the show and we only hope for more not just for our consumption but also for everyone out there that could use uh, the information you have and the way that you put it out there you make it very easy to consume where it's not uh i don't it doesn't feel preachy it just it's, feels like i it's information that's what yeah, it feels like it's very digestible yeah well, I, I, I appreciate that. You, you, you both know. Uh, I think so highly of both of you. Anything nice you've said about me, I, I send it right back at you. Uh, I have. It has been. I have so much fun coming on this podcast with you guys. I am honored that you continue to bring me back, and that I haven't, you know, you haven't overstayed my welcome. And, <laughs> Never. Uh, I'm, I'm, nope. I'm gunning for you, Steph. <laughs> and also, also, sh shout, shout out to my wonderful mother and father who both listen to this podcast anytime i'm on it so i uh you know i love you both so and they love you guys no thank you thank you so much oh, thank you fellas all right and with that being said dreamers thank you for tuning on in family love you as always and 